It's Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal in the Bernabeu! That's a shaman! Giroud plays it in the middle! Ahead again! And Ramsey arriving! And Arsenal are back in front! Scores in the FA Cup final again! Just as he did in 2014! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsenal Editor Podcast. Um, we'll dive straight into it. It's uh, it's an exciting week because, well, it's actually not that an exciting football week because there's no Arsenal, but it's just been announced that Ben White's starting for England and Mill Smith Rose on the bench, which I think is probably the best uh, of all worlds, I think, that we can imagine, given the circumstances now that Saka's got COVID, Ramsdale's out, and Emil Smith Rowe has had a niggle. I did want Ben White to start uh, after his little bit of a dodgy week last week, I guess. Um, at least that's the perception of others. But anyway, This week is all about your questions. It could be about football. It could be about anything. We've not looked at any of the questions apart from one, which we found really funny. Um, But uh, we've got Steve from In The Clock End Podcast back and ready to answer the questions since, uh, yeah, it's been a long time, Steve. How are you doing? It's been a while, hasn't it? I'm good, mate. I feel it's a little bit weird. Um, So for the listeners' benefit, I'm actually on my phone tonight because my laptop um, just doesn't want to work, which is... uh, no surprise. So yeah, it almost mm. feels like I'm watching a YouTube video. Feels like I'm watching you. Feels like I'm like on, on a, watching you on a live podcast. Well, maybe that's the next step. Maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe to do like a live feed. Crossing um, the, the is it the, the, what do they call it? The, 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 what the do fifth. What they call it? The Watch alongs. The fifth wall. No, yeah. Oh, what uh, the 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 fourth stand, fifth yeah. stand. It's like that. Hmm? No, no, like when they say like you know you break the wall. Oh, you break the fourth wall. wall. You break the yeah. yeah 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 oh mate yeah you're speaking my language yeah 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 um, no we're not doing that unfortunately but hey we very topical because for the first time ever we did break the fourth wall and we did meet each other at the Leicester game oh, that was good wasn't it a lot of Guinness was drank a lot of Guinness a lot of Guinness what a day um, to be alive I did get a few a few messages about like Guinness in a uh, a picture. Yeah. People weren't too, too happy about that. But it was, it, hey, it still tasted good, right? Hey, it, it was efficient in the queue. That's all you need to do. Look, I, was I there for Guinness quality? No. Was Did I there to, for Guinness drinking? Yes. Very different very different things on different occasions, my friend. Um, Did your mate turn up in the end? Did you ever see him? He did. I saw him, but, um, you know, without going into too much detail, he, he, he was up from the night before. Um, and I think he was having a bit of a bit of a directional issue when it came to mapping um and i think we'll leave it there um but look we've got we've we've, <laughs> we've got a lot of questions to go through sure. um i'm gonna open them up now but for those of you that haven't joined us during international break before um we are going to answer all your questions and they could be about anything and everything we've got hundreds and hundreds of questions here all of which uh are some very silly some very topical Oh, I'm looking for the first time here. So, um, should we dive straight into them? Sure. As, as, as good old Tanya, then the message I have no doubt Tanya Fozard has one. I've just opened them. I've not looked through them. So, um, shall I have a look? Okay. I mean, it's hard to tell. There's a lot. I can't see her. I'll tell you what. I don't think Tanya's... Uh, oh, Tanya, you let us down. Call the podcast yeah, off. She calls herself a fan. Do you know what I mean? Come in here. Submitting every week apart from this one. Can't believe it. Cannot believe it. Although we do have a couple of regulars. I can see Ollie Campbell. Roger, we know well from the podcast, Hackers Only. I know he's done quite a few. Charlie Rugg. Um, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. But look, let's, let's, let's dive in. 
let's dive in. Okay. This is only questions. It's all we've got. So, um, what do you want? Do you want to start football? Or do you want to start silly? Let's start with the football and then end on the silly. Okay. Heck is only a regular uh, poster. I said, what are you most looking forward to about the Arsenal All or Nothing documentary? Whoops. That's a good question. Sorry, I knocked my, not my microphone. That sounded a bit weird. I've had a few pints, I'm not going to lie. Uh, which is, I think is a great way to start the, um, the, uh, the questions podcast, I feel. How, how better way to start a Tuesday mm, evening, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Is it Tuesday? Yeah, it is Tuesday. Um, it is somewhere. Hmm. So, so what are you looking forward to it? Um, I'm so clear I'm not on it. That's first and foremost. Because <laughs> I spoke to their cameras when I was really drunk. Did you? Uh, yeah, at Burnley. That's hilarious. And um, when we were at the, the cricket club, like, uh, where the away fans were, and I was proper, not in a good way. <laughs> and I was trying oh, to the cameras. Uh, I know the, the I see the guy who films all the time. I would say so. I see him. I, I often see him. He goes, yeah, he's an arse fan as well. Okay. But going off tangent. Um, uh, I, yeah, I mean, the thing is, it all depends where we finish, right? It all depends where we finish. If we make top four and, it, and it's a feel good fact to them, mm. I think you know it'll be a great story. You know, when you think about you know how we started the season and you know there was a lot of pressure on Arteta. Just come through that, um, but yeah, until until we really know what what's gonna how how it's gonna play out, right? I mean, it'd be interesting to see behind the scenes. I remember when I went for I went for the ground tour recently, and they all like the microphones above uh, all the players' um, seats in, right. in the dressing room, and they're like cameras in there, which is quite uh, cool. So it's going to be you know actors all areas, which is exciting. It will be, I think. I mean, if I'm going to sort of take a uh, Hollywood angle to it, I'll certainly look at the, if we finish fourth, we'll go from, you know, from rock bottom after three games to finishing fourth, the tidal wave of just the youth and all that sort of stuff is going to be really exciting. Um, but, but in all honesty, I think the most exciting thing is going to be, for the first, like genuinely, I, so, I, so I watched the Arsene Wenger documentary for the first time last night. It took me a while to, to gear up to it, and I think I was a bit nervous about watching it. I, there's a few games that still have scarred me quite heavily. Um, uh, it, was, it was interesting. They didn't even touch upon the Champions League defeat in the final. They didn't even talk about that season. Um, but there was so much they could have done. They didn't, you know, that sort of stuff. So um, the the thing I'm most looking forward to is well, what I realised from that documentary is there has not been a connection from the players uh, to the fans since the Invincible season. It just hasn't. And, and, I'm, and I'm not saying we're as good as the Invincible season. Obviously not. We're a million miles from that. We're, at the moment, fourth best in the league, and that might well slip. None of us know. But... For the first time in a long time, something's happening between the fans and the players. And you can't, I, I, you can't tell me in a time in the Emirates where it's been closer. It hasn't. It never has. And uh, what I'm really looking forward to is going deeper because it, like, no matter what the outcome, something has been built between the fans and the, uh, uh, and the team. And I think going that one step further to access all areas, going that one step further to... Um, 
you know, getting to know the players that we, we all love. I mean, imagine, you know, spending a bit more time, you know, with, with Saka, with Mill Smith-Rowe, the relationships between Ben White and Ramsdale, like all of that sort of stuff, you, you, we're getting more of it, you know? Um, and, and, it, and it feels like an extension of it and the fact that we get to be part of that. You're like, I, I'm, I wouldn't be that excited about watching an all or nothing about the season three seasons ago. Uno Emery comes in. Granite Xhaka <laughs> is at his worst. You know, it's not it's not anywhere near as as interesting. But this is all about the fans and the, and, and the way the players are reacting to it. The development of Martinelli. Like, there's so many narratives that they can take, and um, I'm sure I'm sure the fans' relationship will be part of that. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree. I mean, you certainly can with fire when you agree to these sort of things. I remember yeah. when Manchester yeah, I was nervous. And Tottenham released one, and I always felt like, and I always said, like, oh, I hope Vance will never do that. And you sort of feel like it's it's nice when you're kind of on the outside looking in to Liverpool, because there's always that element of you know having your having your, your pants pulled down right and and being made into a meme, and you know you're not the internet's like these days. Um, but mm. you know, from, from a fan perspective, it is it's going to be it's going to be really exciting to see that you know behind mm. the scenes. Mm. Um, and like you said, there is an you know, incredible relationship, you know, w- between the fans and the players. I, I remember going to Arsenal regularly, like ten years ago, and you know, you'd win games, and, and the players would all just all just head off to the, the, the uh, to the tunnel. You know, no one would really come over, and it would take like the captain sort of kind of tell players to go over there, which you know used to seem ridiculous. Whereas you know, I think you know now it's it's just a given, right? And it should be, you know, mm. you should always go over and. You know, regardless of the result, you should go to your fans and, you know, they put the time and effort into and watch and support you. Mm. So, and it goes a long way. It does, it does. And um, I was trying to explain to someone the other day who isn't an Arsenal fan, and I forgive people who who don't get the Arsenal trajectory or don't quite understand what's going on, they have an opinion, because I, I, I don't watch any other team, like, really, apart from, like, big games. I don't watch... United week in, week out. I don't watch Liverpool week in, week out. I don't have an opinion other than what I read, and that read is very short. So um, I was trying to explain to someone what, what Arsenal's trajectory has been like. And I, I actually think, when I was trying to explain it, the best way to describe it is like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll literally look at what's happened to England, right? The humility of a new young manager coming in, going after a, an old hierarchy of egotistical players that weren't as good as they thought they were never quite performing you know all that sort of stuff a young manager comes in first thing he does is goes we're not good enough brings a reality check to the fan base resets the expectations and um and you mentioned like 10 years ago when we were at games and it was like everyone i always think like 10 years ago and a win was expected anything less than win was a disappointment but a win was like, okay, yeah, no, we did what we expected to do. Whereas the reality check of what we need to do has gone like, well, no, a win is amazing. That is great. Like now we're excited, you know, now we know where we need to be. We, we know who we are. And like, so there's like an energy about a win. Palace draw at home. Whoa, we literally went nuts to the last minute goal. Sure, we had a, a rant about it afterwards, but like there's <laughs> yeah, an energy just... about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. whereas before... There's a rumble in the stadium if it's just a 2-1 and we've scraped past Burnley back in the day, you know. And, um, you know, England, I think, have done a very similar thing. And I think that's a good way to sort of parallel between what, what's been happening. And, um, 
Yeah. Maybe it's louder. A lot of it is you, we appreciate it more. Yeah, we, we, we do, we do. But that's because where we are. Spending, spending like, what, a year and a half at the stadiums and, mm. you know, like everyone's lives was spread sort of down. So I think there is almost there's that element as well where you're just sort of grateful to, to be back and enjoying live football again. Mm. Definitely, definitely. So, so I think that's going to be probably the, the most exciting thing about um, the, the documentary. And, of yeah. course, how Arteta does his hair, because, quite frankly, no one knows. And whether, that, whether he'll allow access to... <laughs> Uh, when um, when I was at the ground tour, you go into his office, and oh, really? actually they, they they missed a trick there. They should have like put up on his desk like his hair products. Oh, like, if I uh, worked there, get, yeah, the I product like some yeah, yeah, cream yeah. maybe. Is it a bit waxed? I don't know. Dry shampoo. Guess we'll never know. Well, we no, might. Like if I worked there, I'd definitely stitch people up. Like you know, Arteta, I'd leave a mirror. Like all sorts of hair products, I bring every hair product I could, and then just like you know what I mean. Like, oh, this, is, this is our setter's office. This is what he does. And and then like Rob Holden's seat, and I'm like Miracle Grow. Mm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which has worked. Hey, who can blame it? Yeah, yeah, looks great. Looks um, great. All right, let's do another question. Um, do, 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 let's keep on the football theme. Um, I I have a few. Uh, I had a really good one. Yeah, okay. So um, I I can't pronounce this because it's just a lot of letters. Uh, LKJX17 says, Spurs win the Premier League next season and we win the Champions League next season. Or we finish 15th and they get Champions League. So the question is there. They win the Premier League, but we win the Champions League. Or we come 15th, they get top four. Which is a really difficult one. That's a really, really good question because ultimately, the fifteenth question is what happened last season. Well, actually, no, Spurs didn't get top four, but it's basically what's been happening a lot. We've been finishing below Spurs, and they've come top four. There's, there's almost like, I mean, obviously, you, you never want them to win anything, but there's almost like a. It wouldn't be, you know, quite some quite glorious about the fact that if they were to win the Premier League, but then we sort of, even when they, you know, were at the top, we were the best in England, we won better than and won the European mm. Cup. Mm. So it's sort of like, we've won the Premier League, hold my beer, we're going to win the European Cup. It's like a nice, it's sort of poetic in, in a way. Tough one. Obviously, it is a tough one. I mean, Mate. like you said, we went, we went too far away last season. We finished eighth and they finished seventh first. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely. It's a really tough one. Like, I don't. I think if they won the league, we'd never hear the end of it. If we were to win the European Cup, Champions League for our younger listeners, mm. um, <laughs> uh, I think it would sort of trump it. Biggest, biggest it, it would, but it, 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 well, it would. Well, this is why it's such a difficult question, right? And but I think for for, for me, like if we came fifteenth and they came fourth, I have still full confidence that we would come above them again in the next few years and or like the right yeah. place will be restored. Whereas if they won the Premier League and we won the Champions League, like I still think that would happen. But they'd have won the Premier League doing so. What about if you had, if you added into the mix like you beat Tottenham in the Champions League final? That'd be like a, <sighs> like a Well I mean look, the, the dream Premier scenario League, is they get in the Champions League. Later, we beat yeah. them in the Champions League final. 
I mean, that would be pretty good. Well, as long as... Long as well, no, because we don't want them winning the Premier League and getting to the Champions League final. Like, even yeah, if... Yeah, but we'd, we'd beat them in the final. I mean, I mean, really. No, us beating yeah. them in a final is is is, is probably yeah. best as it gets, but I don't want them getting to a final. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is there an option like, C? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's a hard. Well, we got to choose one, mate. I'm saying fifteenth, and then we get Champions League. I'm... Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with that. As much as I would love to be win the European Cup, I sort yeah. of feel like you can. I could be on an Arsenal podcast. I can never say that. No, like basically, my, my my confidence of Spurs never winning a trophy is so strong that I'd rather and be more comfortable with coming fifteenth, yeah. and knowing that we will still win a trophy before them, yeah, and win a Champions League and give them a. Do you see where I'm coming from, though? Know? Like, yeah, I do. You I sort do. Of be like, they win, you know, win, win, winning the title is massive, but then, mm. um, I guess, yeah, for the sake of. What you're saying, we'll, we'll go with Arsenal 15th, okay. Tottenham 4th. Well, yeah, we don't have to say the same thing, my friend. Like, you know, you can... Um, uh, I think I'd have a living down there if I was yeah. to, to say, the, to say the first option. <laughs> well, 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 but, you know, we're winning a Champions League. I, I, I don't think there's a wrong answer there. I really don't. There's two right answers, two wrong answers. There's, there's no wrong answer. Um, let's move on. What three key players... Arsenal need to sign for this upcoming transfer window from Saucy Manzo. It's just positions, right? I, I don't really you know. I, I couldn't reel off that many names from other clubs. Mm. Players, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. Let's say positions. I think we can do this question quite quickly. Um, um, I mean, strike on the field. I'd, I'd say if you get to three positions, I'd say uh, we, 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 we have two centre forwards, one left, one right. Does that count? Oh, I mean, then, I, no, genuinely, I think two centre forwards is the right answer. I think. Yeah, two centre forwards in, uh, and a midfielder. And, uh, a midfielder. Yeah. I, I really think it's as simple as that. Like, I think we're covered in all other areas. I think right back, whilst at the moment it's very fragile, like Cedric has been fine, definitely no more than fine. Um, I think Ben White could cover that. And if Saliba's back next season, then I think. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's no issues there. I mean, I think. No. Right back, you know, if you were really scraping the barrel, you know, I don't think it'll ever happen, but you've got Bellerin. And I mean, I, I, you know, he's done, but do you know what I mean? Like, it's not it's not a concern. Uh, we need, you know, with, with Enkete and Lacazette look, looking likely to be gone. No, Bamiyang, ba- Balogun is literally the only option. So, yeah, we, we need a whole new a whole new front line. You could, all, you could also, you could almost say three strikers. Yeah. You know, I, I think we'll need, re-sign we Lacazette and buy one. We, we do need more than one, though. We, we do. Yeah, we do. We do. I mean, clearly not ready, given his season. You know, he's a hugely, hugely talented guy, but um, I think he, yeah. he needs a couple of seasons on loan, which is totally normal for his yeah. age, you know, like, and that's completely yeah. reasonable. So, um, Hans Melman asks, uh, what's the biggest animal you could single-handedly cling film <laughs> to a lamppost? Which might be... My favourite question of all time. No matter how many times, um, you know, we have very silly questions coming in from various different people. From Tanya, I think that's my favourite. I think it is. And yeah. I don't have an answer to it. But well, you, you go, you go. When you text, when you WhatsApp me this earlier, that's the only exactly. question we looked at early. And I did have a chuckle. It did make me laugh. Uh, I deliberately I mean, not thought about it. 
Oh, do you know it's what I mean? It's a cruel, right? I, can't, I don't know. Like, it pulls on my conscience. Like, this. Mm. So, yeah, it's a bit nasty, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I, like, you know, in theory, you know, push came to shove. Uh, the world's ending unless you do it. You know, this is a, a guilt-free opportunity to cling film an animal. Guilt-free. You know, the, 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 no animals will be harmed in this cling film. Probably a little. I mean, you'd want someone, an animal that's that's mm. quite strong, that's not like, too strong. They're quite reckon, durable, so you're not going to hurt them. Like, what's the biggest dog? Because uh, I think you could probably talk a dog into it. Sit. A Dalmatian? Ah, it's bigger dog. What's the bigger? That's Google. That's, that is what? It's a big dog. Pretty, they, get, they get pretty big, Mark. Yeah. And um, my I know a Dalmatian. Got a Dalmatian actually, and it's massive. I actually know a Dalmatian called Hector, named after Hector Bellerin. Yeah. I love the name Hector. Um, he is a very, he, and I can assure you that he is a very good boy indeed. Um, biggest dog in the world. So I'm going to so, so okay, an, an English Mastiff. Jesus, that's a big dog. Google English Mastiff. That is ridiculous. That is a, That is an elephant. English Mastiff. Yeah. Is it bigger than Clifford? It's bigger than Clifford, mate. Bigger than Clifford. So, mate, Clifford, Clifford would, would, would be playing Clifford films. Clifford's a big red yeah. dog. Oh, wow. Um, horse? Big dog. Could you could you cling film a horse? What about an alpaca? Oh, and you could easily cling film an alpaca. They got nothing on them, mate. Um, yeah, no, you could. Easy, I think alpaca might be the answer. You know, like what's, what? I'm going to Google what is bigger than an alpaca? Llamas. Okay, so la llamas llamas are actually bigger than alpacas. So I think you could do it to a llama very easily. Don't they, don't they spit at you, their llamas? doesn't matter. Not the question. I, I'll happily Not spat out. If if, mate, if, if if push came to shove, I'll be spat out to get the cling film across. Oh. Someone's like, going to edit that and, and make you sound really, really weird. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> Someone's going to edit that clip of you. Just, you just said, I'd happily be spat out. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> maybe, maybe not. Well, maybe by a llama. You know, push came, push came to shove. Oh, right. you know, I'll be spat at by a llama. Um, anything bigger? Like, would it? Would a baby elephant or even an elephant be clear? I, I don't know. I know you couldn't do that to an elephant. No. Biggest animals. What about like a fish? So, like, what about? Mm, and that's no contest, so is it? Well, like it well like no, that. because if you had a blue <laughs> whale. Right, blue whales are massive. Uh, are they the biggest animal or the biggest man? No, they are the biggest animal, right? Does it state that has to be alive? Well, here you go. No, well, yeah, I think probably. However, it could, it could be a stuffed animal. I, I, I think this is the answer. Because if you get a blue whale onto land, it's got no chance. God, it's getting a bit bored, isn't it? Yeah. We'll talk about whale hunting next. <laughs> <laughs> There are any listeners from the Faroe Islands? <laughs> oh, dear. Please stop. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. Should we move on? Yeah. Move on. <laughs> but basically, to answer that, it's inconclusive. 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 Right? Llama. 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 Calm my llama down. Um, okay. Do you, want to go, do you want to go silly again, or do you want to move on to, to football again? We, we can have a silly one. What's your favourite type of penguin? Asks Aiden Daly. 
I like the chocolate chocolate version. Oh, the p- p- penguins. Mm. Yeah, very good. What about yourself? Well, Pink look, I think an emperor penguins are damn sexy. I don't. I think that's that's that. You can't argue against that. Um, I'm going to do it to rock hoppers. Um, I think I've got a lot of character. I think there was a, a, a rock hopper called Rocky the Ho- Rock Hopper in uh, London Zoo, which which had its own Facebook page, which I believe was was pretty cool. For a long time, um, uh, they always look quite angry, which I quite kind of like. There's a lot of attitude about them. I mean, obviously, the emperor penguins are just damn massive and they're quite cool. What about what about Pingu? Pingu's got attitude, mate. He's got attitude problems. <laughs> I mean, he's got his own TV show. He does have it. Look, look, uh, you can't that deny is... he's probably the most successful penguin. You know, he's got his own, huh? That's it, they're right. He's up there. He's up there. Can't be rivals. Actually, was there was there a penguin in what was that? What was that show? When was it Noah's Ark? When the big bear and the the I think that was yeah. And they and they all came to an island. Noah's Island, maybe. Noah's Island. That was really good. Was there a penguin in that? That was a great show. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, so I've just googled most famous penguins. Um, So there's fictional penguins. All of which are aren't that famous. I'll I'll give you that. So you've got a lot of penguin. There's 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 a film series called Penguin One, Penguin Two, and Penguin Three. There's something called Chili Willy, <laughs> which is about a penguin. Um, lots we've of different stopped. penguins. We've also overlooked the Joe, uh, the Batman penguin. Oh, the the penguin. Mm. There's an unnamed baby penguin from the Adventures of Binky Bill. Um, look, mate. I, I I don't think I have an answer to this. I, I'm, I think I'm going to go with penguin. Uh, with pingu. I think pingu. Penguin. I, I think pingu. I think it has to. I be. also like the chocolate because you obviously you get the and you get the joke. You do get the well. joke. No, it's got everything. So, you eat the penguin. Yeah. You 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 hear a joke about the penguin. Life's always good about the penguin. Literally. Um. Should we go football? Yeah. All right, John Bergman. Has asked, do you want Rashford at Arsenal? This is a good question. Yeah, it is a good question. Um, it's a really good question. Mainly because I think the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's, it's a good discussion point, and it took me a long time to get there because I've been thinking about it. Yeah. I don't want to be too hasty because we've seen that before, you know, with like, like the Ramsdale. Mm-hmm. Bring Odegaard back. Um, you know, Arsenal ones like. Mm. But, uh, but like, would he be considered I, that good if? I don't. I don't really that rate nice. him though. Arsenal, like Arsenal side, I I don't rate him. I've never really rated Rashford. I've always sort of felt like, you know, is he a winger? Is he a striker? Like he's never really found his place. He reminds me of like a Danny Welbeck. Mm. You know, he'll he score and on his day he's very good, but just not consistent. At yeah. that top level, um, and I just don't. I mean, listen, if he was like you know, you set a striker, I think you'd take him. You know, if you had like a, a prime, a Bamiang as your number mm. one, right? Just, just you know, kind of give you an idea, or like a you know, like Alexis Sanchez style player. Mm. But he's never gonna, he's never gonna be, you know, uh, an Ian Wright, Thierry style player. I don't know. I, I, I mean, listen, until it's an Arsenal.com, I'm not really gonna. Give it much thought, but 
No. But I, I, I personally don't particularly rate him. I don't think Man United will stand for either. Yeah, I, I mean, if we work backwards, apart from anything else, if you forget about Rashford, like, he's got to replace Martinelli or Smith-Rowe. Not happening. It's just, it's just not happening. No. That's, that's the position he's taking. Both of those players are wide left. Both of those players are arguably in the mix for centre-forward, and he's not anywhere near both of them. Like, he's just not. Yeah. Um, they're far more exciting players than him. Yeah, he's, he's, he just almost feels like he's become. He's got his feet into the table, right, and he's sort of stagnated a little bit at Man United. Like I would say, he he's an exciting player on his day, and he's had some terrible, terrible management throughout his career. He's like, and don't get me wrong, I I, I don't want to be the one to take a gamble on this, and I don't think Arsenal should. But if he had an Arteta, like, what kind of player could he be? You know, like he's got all the raw ingredients to be an unbelievable player, but he's misguided as are the whole of the Redman United team. He's still young. Has he ever had a good manager? Probably not. Um, like he started under Van Gaal, he was never managed by Fergie. And then he had what Mourinho, a defensive player, wasn't his biggest fan. He had, you know, he had Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He's was it Moisey? Oh, he's, he's 20 he's, he's 25 in october he's 25 so. in october he's 24 at the moment mm. he was born not in october 97 so he's 25 right, okay. this year so he's not necessarily like you know he's, he's not he's not he's not young young do you know what i mean if we if, no, if, if, if we're saying be. like Saka mm. and smith rowe who are just coming through like he's he's far more established so mm. um yeah I, I don't know and also you, you've got to consider that He's English, right? So you'd pay that, oh, that high pay so for much for him. Yeah. They'd probably expect like 50, 60 million, which is yeah. not worth it. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't sign him. Um, well, we'll, we'll see underscore K dot eight asks, would you take DCL? Who's DCL? Dominic Cavalier, mate. I didn't know people called him DCL. I <laughs> I clearly am not down with the kids. You are not down uh, with the kids. Despite yeah, hitting 5,000 followers on Instagram recently, you are still not. You're still not down with the kids. Follow me on Instagram in the clock end. Yeah, 5K. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I would actually. I like him. Lots to prove, but he... Let's let's look at his age. Yeah, but like English tax. What, he's, I think he's 23. So he's not like... Like he had, he, honestly, I think he could be great. He's 25. He's older than Rashford. Oh, wow. I, you know what? I thought he was younger than that. Me too, to be fair. Ooh. I just don't think he's the one. I don't like, he's, no. he's had a good season. He's had a good season. And, and he's, since then, he's had an ACL injury or whatever he's got. There's not a lot about, is there really? No. But I think that that's typical of this era. Like, this era, um, we've... Like, because of the different systems that have been brought into play, and because 4 4 kind of gone out the window, you don't really get strike partnerships as much anymore, I think, ever. Like, I can't think of any strike no. partnerships in football at the moment. Um, look, you have Lukaku, who's seriously struggling. Lewandowski is probably the only centre-forward that's any good at the moment. Like, I can't think of any 
any other uh, good centre forwards that are like smashing it at the moment. I just don't Friday. think football's set up for it. Who, sorry? I was thinking like, uh, no, it's a Friday night. No one's really thriving, are they? No, um, it's just it's not it's not game built for it. You know, I mean, you look at Man United. Man United, but Ronaldo was never a centre forward. Yeah, and he's not doing. You know. Well, Ronaldo's just being Ronaldo. He's being very lazy throughout a game, and then he might pop up something. But um, yeah, I was just—I was just looking at Ollie Watkins. He's twenty-six. He's twenty-six. Yeah, I thought—I thought he was much younger than that. Has something happened like overnight? Like, do we? Uh, am I thirty-four now? Is that what's happened? Is that? <laughs> It's funny because we talk about his players being really old, but I'm at, they're all younger than us. Yeah, <laughs> I'm 29. I'm hit, mate. I'm hitting my peak. I'm doing a tough mother on Monday on the Saturday. Oh, yeah. That'll be good, mate. Well, oh, mate, mate, I'm hitting my peak. I've got to be Yeah, pay for Brentford. His goal scoring record for Brentford wasn't even that good. No. It's not great for Villa either. No. Yeah. Look, it's it's thing picking. It's slim pickings. It is thin pickings. Um, I think we'll have to go abroad. Uh, I, I, I mean, you, you, you put it into you compare like Raheem Sterling and what he's what he's accomplished. I mean, he's what like 26, 27? 27. But he's done a lot more than, than the pair of them, and he's only a year old. He's only a year older than. Him. I mean, he he's well, he's so good. Yeah, no, he's quality. He's quality. Um, so yeah, no, I wouldn't sign him. Was was the answer? I agree. I agree. Should we go another question? Yes. Let's do another question. So I have to get back onto it because I've got um worth accepting big money for Saliba or Tierney if we can replace them with worldies of players from Joel Turner. So I guess the question there is around whether you'd accept a good offer for Tierney or Saliba or both. No. Who and why? No. Is it is the question, would I sell either or, or both of them? Well, I mean, let's explore, you know, either or both or whatever, you know. Well, let's start with Saliba and then we'll, we'll get into both. Like, I mean, there was a really good um, article recently about with James Nicholas, who from the Arscast and Athletic, who went to... Um, he went to Marseille to watch him and apparently he said did, did you see that? Have you seen what happened to him? Yeah, really funny really, really funny um, you know, I'm glad he survived that ordeal and of course, you know, that hilarious uh, article was written about him in the sun but um, the uh, what was it? yeah, like apparently when he went there to Marseille he was expecting a strong narrative around Genduzi, the old and Saliba, the new for Arsenal, that sort of stuff. And apparently, the more he was there, the more he was kind of told that it's quite unlikely that Saliba's coming back. Well, he, he was he was less convinced. Really? The reason is, well, like, Saliba coming back to Arsenal at the moment is going to be third centre-back. In whatever way, shape or form, Ben White and Gabriel are the centre-back because he's going to have to fight for his place. Gabriel's handed his first ever start for France. He's playing really well in France. So if you're if you're Saliba and you've got a chance to go to the World Cup and you've got half a season's previous self, what you can do, come and sit on Arsenal's bench for six months, which I, I would love because I think he's the age profile. I think he's got the physique. I think he could be good enough. Like, I want him to stay. If you're Saliba and you've now got that value because you've now played for France, you've got good stock in France, 
people are thinking, you know, looking up, and we're getting offered 35 million. Like, I would say no, because I think we need it if we're getting in any kind of Europe next season, be it Champions League, Europa League. But, um, you know, what, what, what's the club going to think? Yeah. And what's he going to think, importantly? If you, if you sell him for 35 million, then realistically, whoever you replace him with will probably be the same sort of calibre of player. Or worse, to be honest. Yeah, so it's more of a sideways step. So then you know you've got to kind of question, you know, what is the the logic, right? If, if you're not if you're not moving forward with it, then it, it defeats the whole, defeats the object, you know. Because mm. yeah, also if you sell him, you're gonna have to replace him. You know, you can't. Mm. It leaves an incredibly thin on the ground. You know, you've, you've got it leaves you wrong holding as your sole backup. Yeah. Um, I mean, but you do make a good point, though. I, I, I try not to sort of read conditions of the league thing. I think it's, I think the whole situation is quite bizarre, to be honest. It's so stupid. Like, I think from theory, day one, it's been, yeah. that was very weirdly. Yeah. I don't know. So, I, we'll see, right? I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's selling. Yeah. It's a weird one. Like, I, I, you know, I, I think it was, firstly, he was signed by a really weird regime in the Sanye era. Um, so he's not ever he's not Arteta's guy, but I think we've seen consistently that if somebody isn't Arteta's guy, they are not Arteta's guy. <laughs> you know, like there's yeah. a real big like gulf uh, between who they are, and um, I think like if it was me, I'd keep him and I'd make him important. Um, he's still really young, like super young for a centre back. Mm. You know, other than Wesley Fofana, who ironically was a centre back pairing for him in in France. Um, there's no other centre back who's really that young. Like we've got this probably the youngest centre back pairing in the league, and and they are much older than than Saliba. So it would be How within twenty. He's twenty one or twenty actually. Oh, I mean, to be honest, yeah. judging by the conversation we've had, he's probably thirty four by now. He's twenty one. He was he's, born in two thousand one. He's March as well, so he turned twenty one five days ago. Like he's young. Um, you know, where Ben White, Gabriel, like, I think long term, I think it would be in his interest to stay at Arsenal. Short term, Mm. if he wants to get into the World Cup squad, he probably has to move. And I think he's got two years in his contract when he when he comes back. So it's either stick or twist. I hope we stick. What about? Uh, Well, I I was just looking how old Tierney is, and all the news posts are. Real Madrid preparing fifty million bid for Tierney. Yeah, yeah, it's news. I, I, I don't believe it though. Nah, I don't. Hey, I'm I sorry. Are you are you telling me that he's gonna survive five minutes in the Madrid sun? <laughs> <laughs> this is a Not guy who lives for snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It depends, right? I mean, I I personally think. We all see him as a future captain, um, and I, I don't think he'd, he'd want to stick around and be a part of what, what, what we're building. Um, mm. I don't know. I, I, I just is, don't see it happening. No, I think I think we. It's hard. To, it's hard to sort of talk about because like we have such a connection with this with this set of players. Um, it's sort of like we don't want anything to fucking leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Um, that that's sort of starting eleven. 
you know, you scratch the surface. But after that, you know, and you, you can sort of say these players, you know, the the owners of the world can sort of be happy to remove those. But mm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure, mate. I I I I think he's too important. I think he's he clearly could be a next captain. Fifty million's not enough if you're going to take someone who's clearly that important to us. Um, Roger, just no, just no, go away. I'd say. Um, but look, I, mate, it's it's a compliment that we're talking about this rather than how do we get rid of Eddie and Kessia, Granite Xhaka, Özil? Like, <laughs> it's a it's a compliment that people are desperate to try and steal our players rather than us desperate to try and offload. Um, and it's a compliment to what we've been doing. So, you know. Um, change, right? Arsenal underscore obsessed says, which player could you see having a weird pet? What was that weird noise? Eh? It was my it was my stool. Eh? Did you hear that? <laughs> oh, yeah. You said like weird pet, and then it sounded like a dog barking. It did. Uh, what um, was the question? <laughs> which 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 player could you see having a weird pet? I guess the question to extend to that is which what kind of pet, like. Saka's obviously got a puppy, quite normal, but we've seen pictures, mm. you know. I reckon um, Tommy Asu has a uh, – I reckon he's got, like, a tiny little, like, duck. I reckon, he, I reckon he's got a little pet duck that he goes to bed with. Um, is that why he's is that why he's been out missing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a little pet duck. Called, called Gary, yeah. Gary the Gaza. duck, Gaza. Gaz, Gaz the duck. Um, and I think you know since he came, I, I, I suspect that the Takahiro Tomiyasu was given a duck, and I was like, "What's this for?" And I was like, it's your new buddy, Gary. If we're keeping it about fullbacks, I'm going to go Tierney as a a little poodle. <laughs> yes, that he keeps warm with all his coats that he doesn't use himself. <laughs> and he carries it in his Tesco carrier bag. <laughs> yeah, a little chihuahua or something like that. Yeah, yeah, Tierney and a chihuahua. I think that's that's correct. The full um, union. Should we do a couple more? Uh, yeah, go on. We'll do. Do you want to do one more? One more. And then t- time is ticking. Well, how long are we how long are we going for? We'll do one quick one, one, okay. one, one long one. So, Sweet. Uh, quick one. Van, uh, sorry, Dan Van Ezel says, "What's your favourite alcohol?" Oh, Guinness. Guinness. Yes, uh, Guinness. Awesome. Guinness, and I also love rum, rum and cake, spice mm. rum. Yeah, easy, smooth Guinness from the right pub. Can't beat it. Extra cold. Extra, extra cold. Um, cool, I'll tell you what, some good questions. I, I don't quite know what to to go into. All right, sell one, keep one. Emil Smith-Rowe or Martinelli? Oh, I hate these questions. Mm, got to. Got to do it, though. Sam Martinelli, keep him or Smith-Rowe? I think Hayland. I think you have to. Yeah. Keep it, keep it uh, mm. in-house, right? Like, I kind of think that Emil Smith-Rowe, like, I think Gabriel Martinelli's ceiling is also higher, but there's less chance that he'll reach that ceiling, whereas Emil Smith-Rowe has a lower ceiling, but I think there's a higher chance he'll reach that. 
which is a higher ceiling than the one that Martinelli would reach had he not reached his ceiling. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I think ne- I think next year's the is the big season. I think because yeah. it's all about like you know you have these players. It's like how many players have one good year and they and they sort of peel off. Yeah. So it's all about maintaining that consistency and that keep striving to get better. So next year's going to be a big test for these players. Um, like, like I think I think Saka's is brilliant, but I think he's just like I think mm. he's just next level. Um, whereas who the, knows where Saka go? Yeah, hopefully not to Man City. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not going anywhere. anywhere but not. Well, he's signing a new contract. That seems like it's in the mix. Yeah, I, hope, I hope so. What kind of contract do you want to see? I mean, ten years. <laughs> yeah, ten years, ten <sighs> grand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Basically, think, like, okay, could you sign like a, a lifetime contract? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, lifetime contracts signed in blood, uh, guaranteed forty goals a season. Um, yeah, big contract. Do you, do you like? Do you remember like that's how we had to left Arsenal? Like, do you remember that feeling of just being gutted? Like, yeah. There hasn't been a player since then who I've ever really like been really connected with or felt that over the bounce. No, no, no. And we've got so Even many Van Persie players. and Sanchez felt yeah. um, like they were like they'd Van, done their time or well, Van Persie was a CNX Tuesday for for yeah. game to Man United. Sanchez his yeah, I think it was just like at the time it was it was more of like a, his head wasn't in the game anymore and he I think he was done. But yeah, I think we've we're at a time where, you know, man, I imagine like Sackle, like Smith Vale, or, you know, someone like, um, even like Ben White, or like Tierney, or like fan favourites, Ramsdale, going to like City or Chelsea, you'd be devastated. Mate, if Saka left, I would be dev- that Well, because Fabregas always felt like he was going to leave, and it was always going to be to Barcelona. We were going to get all the best we could out of him. And looking back, I didn't even realise how young he was. Like 22 when he left. That was incredible, mate. He's such a yeah, god, like probably the best best captain. We've, no, no, not probably the best captain we've had at the end. Yeah. Um, Let's have a look now. Still haunts me that he was Chelsea. He was born in eighty-seven, two thousand eleven. He left. He was like twenty. Yeah. Wow. Fair. Wow. Wow. Well, look, I hope it won't happen. Um, should, we, should we leave it there? You can do one more, shall I? Go, oh, we'll do one more. Okay, we'll do one more. Um, oh, that's a good one. Okay, Ollie Campbell Rogers says, if you were handed ownership to Arsenal, what would you do? Uh, I, you know what I would do? I would make the ground bigger. Bigger? Close off all the bits where... It lets noise out. Yeah. I, do you know what I do? do you know, prices. Huh? Reduce ticket prices. Reduce ticket prices. Massively. I dig the ground deeper hmm. so that there more seats would go downwards and they get closer to the... Um, pitch, like pitch. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd create a Gunnosaurus family. I'd give my wife, have a little couple of, couple of little nippers. You could have the Gunnosaurus zone, couldn't you, outside the ground? Like yeah. A, yeah. Like yeah. A, um, a jungle gyms, but a Gunnosaurus yeah. gyms. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, Arsene Wenger statue? Arsene Wenger statue. I think it's needed, right? Mm. 
All right, name a stand after him. Yeah, which one though? Like, it's kind of all one stand, isn't it? I, well, obviously, the, the uh, we have a North Bank clock end, mm. east or west. So you have one of those. One of the east, one of the west. Mm. I'd, uh, I'd, you know, like Batman, um, the light in Batman. Out of a massive middle, yeah. you know, the, out of a massive middle finger going towards the Spurs stadium, but like just above there, like in the clouds, like just above. Oh, so funny. What about Chelsea? It's like two fingers, or like a moving sort of hand. No, making a Soviet Union flag. <laughs> <laughs> too soon. Uh, no, too actually, soon. Too soon. No, I, I just, I, I just like Chelsea. Are just so, like, but. Chelsea just so like they just ruined. They didn't just ruin Arsenal. They ruined football. It's so pointless and so plastic and so pathetic. Like I can't even be asked. No. Do you know what I mean? It just it doesn't it's add anything good. to anything. It's just like thanks. So thanks. Um, thanks. thanks for making the numbers. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Yeah. You just bought all that, and, nice. now, and and now you're crying that you might lose a bit of momentum. Oh no! It's like, yeah, but you've bought the rest of the momentum you've ever had. So cheers, guys. Yeah. Um, ruined the rest of football while doing it. Um, and now you're upset. Cheers, guys. Um, and thanks all for listening. We've got Crystal Palace next. What's your, what's your prediction, Steve? Uh, I don't like predictions. So I, I'm going to go 8-1. 8-1. 8-1. Um, um, probably double hat-trick, Mehdi. Yeah. Lacazette. And then Lacazette off the bench or two. What about you? Uh, I'm going to go Erdegaard double, 2-0. I don't think we can see it. A serious one. I think uh, if I was to make a prediction, not that I'm, this is this doesn't count, but I would say two one. Yeah, fair. Well, look, let's see how it goes, mate. Thanks so much for joining, and thanks so much for listening in and submitting their questions. It's been super helpful. But Steve, I'll see you next week after well, a good four 0 win at, at, at Palace. Can't wait. Cheers, mate. Right. Cheers all. Good evening, everyone. My name's Connor, and I'll be taking you through the Arsenal women's team roundup uh, for this past week. And, and what an absolute pleasure it is to be able to, to do so. I've been seeing a lot of support on the Arsenal editor page about the women's post and seeing posts about the women's team. And uh, the feedback that, I, that I've seen uh, on the page and from people as well uh, individually has been absolutely fantastic. And it's, again, it's an absolute privilege to be part of this Arsenal editor team. Um, so starting off, you know, without a, a men's game to seriously comment on, it's been fantastic to to be able to to turn our focus towards the women's game and the women's side of things, especially in the ultra uh, ultra important clash against Wolfsburg last last week. And uh, for those who are unfamiliar with the women's game, uh, Wolfsburg are a very prominent and very established women's team within the game. Um, they're probably equivalent to to Paris Saint Germain or. Uh, Real Madrid or Juventus within uh, the men's game. And uh, actually, there were two former Arsenal players in that team and that starting lineup, actually, that played against Arsenal that evening. So uh, Janssen was in defence and Jilrod, the striker. Jilrod only just moved over to, to Wolfsburg uh, this season. This season uh, was, and she featured prominently for, for Arsenal's team, uh, which was a, which a real, real shame to, to see her go. Uh, but then Janssen uh, was part of actually the, the 2015 league title winning team. Um, so she has a, a firm place in, in Arsenal's history, but was playing for, for the team in green. Um, and given that game, uh, I think it's, it's useful and, and interesting to start with, with the subs made. 
Um, so, so the starting lineup um, was with the usual, with your like, with the likes of Miramar, with Valti, with Kim Little, Leah Williamson, uh, without Rafaela, unfortunately. Um, she wasn't uh, she wasn't involved in the match. Uh, but then accompanying her was our, our match, our sort of hero of the hour uh, in the form of uh, Lotta Woman Moy. And she um, was accompanied by Leah Williamson, as usual, amongst the, the other stellar Arsenal players in, in that lineup. And I mentioned uh, the Arsenal lineup because I then want to touch uh, upon, upon the subs. So we saw Katie McCabe playing up um, in terms of left wing. So we saw her there and we, we've seen her throughout the season playing there. Um, initially starting as left back, predominantly a left back under Joe Montemura, the previous manager, but also um, employed at, at left wing at times. Uh, she plays left back for her country. So that that's probably her, her favorite position, but she's been scoring in a rich, ra- rich vein of form and has been fantastic to see her net some absolute belters. I think she's won Arsenal goal of the month out of both the women's and men's team at at, at one point. So seeing her up there has, has definitely reaped the rewards and with a left footer who can, who can cross, but also defend high up the field has been has been super super useful um in terms of how how she presses and in terms of how she can read the game in both in terms of uh as a winger and in terms of a left back and she was taken off in the 76th minute for Tobin Heath and Tobin Heath has a long legacy with the US women's national team uh being a huge part of their success and last season played uh, Manchester United and then made the move across in order uh, in, a, in an interview with, with the zone to play Champions League football. Uh, she wanted to join this project and to be able to play that uh, that kind of competition and actually uh, made her debut um, that, that evening. And Tobin coming on as a substitute has, has really been uh, sort of the tendency and the almost the, the norm throughout the season. Um, she hasn't started many games. Uh, she has also been, been injured, unfortunately. Uh, but there's a lot of hype surrounding her, her transfer, and, her, and, her, and rightly so. Um, but she's mostly been used as a, as a super sub, as a chaos player. Um, so last week, Toby mentioned how Nicola Pepe were, was our sort of chaos player. He'd go uh, mess around the defense and really um, give them something else to think about. And Tobin, I think, is is something of, of that kind of a player, but also uh, in terms of an impact player. Um, she's got that ability to use both feet on the left wing, but she loves to cut inside on her um, on her right foot. And through that reason, um, she's able to, to offer something different to the left-footed McCabe. Um, who who is unlikely to to cut in as much uh, onto the because she is left footed and Tobin as we saw in her free kick assist which I think we can we can attribute to her that uh, she is very much preferable on uh, she very much prefers the right foot so when when she came on it's it's one of those instances where you know what you're getting you're bringing on a serial winner you're bringing on someone who is able to deliver in the big moments like she did when uh, she scored an 89th or 90th minute equalizer against Man City uh, in the league, which was, which was a fantastic, fantastic finish uh, with, her, with her left foot, actually. And it's something, it's so, she's someone that you can rely on to, to cause some chaos. She's able to, to read the game well. She's got that experience. And I think it's a seriously valuable sub for Eunice Eidelbaugh to, uh, to play. Um, and then that was in the 76th minute. So you could see his kind of thinking that was going on. He wanted to to impact the game. At this point, Arsenal were trailing 1-0 down. And um, they they needed an answer. So putting on McCabe was definitely, definitely the answer. Um, and then the 83rd minute, so not too too long later, um, Jonas decided to, to seriously go for it. And this is where uh, he brought on Paris, Nikita Paris for Beth Mead, and Frieda Marnum for Stina Blackstenius. And... 
the the latter of these two substitutions is is what interests me uh, the most in the sense that Frida, having been just almost unable to to get into the starting starting three and the starting three of a sort of diamond triangle in midfield, um, due to Miedemar moving back, we now have that sort of driving midfield in the form of Miedemar there, and Frida has been uh, as a result missing out on on some game time, uh, but now she's being deployed as a, as almost a false nine. Um, instead of when we've got uh, Blackstenius and Miedema on on the pitch, and which is one, of, which is an interesting one. So Miedema, uh sorry, Marnum has definitely had an eye for goal. Uh, where I remember first watching her in uh, the Mind series, where Arsenal women partook, uh, partook just before the men's game, and she she was having those driving runs from midfield. She could find a ball, she could make the pass. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic to see. And I think playing at a false nine is a very interesting one. I, I dare say, you know, it's, it's almost like a De Bruyne-esque kind of move. So uh, here, Marnum will drop into space to receive the ball, play it out wide, which she is more than comfortable doing. And then she just needs to add to, to her predatory instinct, instinct. But this also allows Miedema potentially to, to swap around with her and to also cause some havoc and to shake around the defense. So I think playing Frida at, at a false nine is, is a very interesting choice and something that I'm very intrigued by to see as it goes on in the season and if that's going to be a necessary position change. Um, but I think having her as a midfield backup is is phenomenal. I think she's a phenomenal player, very strong, very physical. And um, when she's really on top form, she can really get it going. And then Nikita Paris has, has not had the, the desired effect, I would say, after her move from Lyon, having won the Champions League there amongst uh, other titles. And um what's for sure she's got the quality to be at arsenal she can run past the defense she can cause havoc she can she can finish but she's just been unlucky with the kinds of chances and and opportunities that she's found herself in she's not been able to tuck away those chances that you would think she she would just absolutely bury and i think that's reflected in terms of how much game time she she has lost but then when you put it on you know that again you've got someone with experience you've got someone with with links to the arsenal team i remember when she first joined that she had talked to Leah Williamson a lot in terms of joining and, and what was to be expected. And they both then went to the Tokyo Olympics to play, both to play for GB Women's, where they did really, really well. So I think having that kind of British talent where she can link up with the, the other players within there that she, of course, knows very well, uh, but also to use her electrifying pace and ability to to work hard and to whip in those crosses, I think is, is absolutely uh, a great asset to have. Um... And then in terms of the match itself, we we saw a bit of a miscommunication for the first goal. Um, so I think Leah Williamson got a call from, from Beth Mead that she was going to to win the header behind her. And then Beth just got beaten to the ball. Um, and as a result, we, we went 1-0 down. And what we didn't do was drop our heads, which was fantastic. We we carried on going and we're able against a really tough Wolfsburg side. But in you know the, the glorious stadium that is the Emirates, we were able to, to pick ourselves up and carry on and you know, credit to the crowd for, for helping us do that. And I think seeing that crowd uplift uh, the team, both in terms of the men and the women's, is, is fantastic to see. Um, and then I also saw how um, Stina, Stina Blackstenius, can actually run with the ball as well. So she's not just your out-and-out number nine uh, where she gets into the box and then she heads it in. She can actually run with the ball and she is actually relatively quick, um, which adds another dimension to the play and adds another dimension uh, for Steph Catley at, at left-back. Um, who's been an absolute rev- rev- uh, revelation allowed McCabe to push on to, to the left wing and who and Catley can deliver it on an absolute dime. She can put it uh, wherever she wants, whether it's a cross or whether it's a free kick. And I think Stina's movement in that sense, whether she can receive it from the left into the middle and then run with it or as a cross from, from Steph Catley 
as well is is fantastic asset to have um and then my next question is how did it stay one one uh i still cannot uh, even <laughs> um relate to to how we were able to keep it at one one but also how we were unable to uh to add a little more there were some clear cut chances which you didn't really uh put away but also there were i think we hit the uh, Wolfsburg hit the post two or three times in in the whole game which which made it uh, a very interesting and and in classic arsenal fashion a very heart-wrenching uh kind of fixture uh and what that means is that um we're still in the tie there's also there's no away goals like in the men's team being counted so we're still one one still very equal and we'll be going to Wolfsburg uh, this coming Thursday in order to try and get the result from from there. Unfortunately, Beth will not Beth Mead will not be able to to partake in that match because she's picked up another yellow card, so she's suspended. Uh, so what that means is that potentially as a spot for either uh, Nikita Paris, which would probably be the obvious option, uh, or um, Mana Iwabuchi to uh, to slot into that role can also be can also be a potential potential move there. Uh, so we'll have to see how, how that goes. I think most likely the change will be for, for Nikita Paris. Um, and these these two teams uh, is, are very, very interesting. And the match will be very interesting in the sense that they're both two heavyweight teams within within women's football, as I mentioned. Uh, so whether it's in terms of whoever starts, uh, whoever doesn't start, there's still a, a clash of the titans, if you will. The, these two teams have an absolute... Um, affinity and history within uh, the Women's Champions League and within their own leagues as well, that this can be seriously viewed as a, as a stellar, stellar contest. Um, and within uh, some of the Arsenal interviews, when they got interviewed by DeZone, the humility and level, I think, was mentioned by, by Beth Mead, having, with the team having lost um, you know, uh, by, four goal, by four goals to one in the first leg and four goals to zero in the second leg against Barcelona, they really got uh, humbled in that sense because they were doing very well in the league and they were really showing how uh, how to play football from from Barcelona, both home and away. And I think that this inspired the team to be able to realize that, wow, there is this next level we need to get to and to have that humility to then pass on to to the next stage in order to, to try and progress. Um, so in summary, it's not going to be uh, an easy an easy game next week. This 1-1 draw was not a, a smash and grab. Arsenal were in it uh, right from the very beginning. And a 1-1 draw was, was, I think, a fair result. But either team could have could have run away with it. Um, but their next next week is definitely going to be a very interesting tie, especially given how they're, they're, it's all or nothing in that tie. Um, so how we play with that, how we utilize potentially Nikita Paris's pace, do we then um, change it up with Stina and, and Frida Manum? Or how do we do go about to do then introduce uh, Jordan Nobbs coming along uh, would be would be seriously interesting uh, as well. So I think on on that note I'll conclude my roundup of the the women's team and say that what an exciting contest awaits for us on on Thursday. Two giants of the women's game coming together and us being able to to enjoy it and to see Arsenal uh, under the the Champions League lights once again. I have I have full confidence in the girls that that will be able to to pull to pull a result through, and then uh, we'll we'll have to hopefully follow up that confidence with a stellar performance and a performance that warrants us to be considered within the elite once again of of Champions League Champions League football, having missed out on it on the previous season. So again, thank you so much for for listening, and until next time.